Welcome back to the Mike and Andrew Show. I'm Andrew Stroik here again with Mike Meredith. Mike, how are you doing today, man? Pretty good, man. Good day. Good to hear. We got a lot to talk about. Some NFL, some NBA, a bunch of NHL stuff we have to get to. And uh, some college football stuff we're going to have to touch on as well. So we got quite a bit ahead of us, but uh, let's get into it. It is conference championship week uh, in the NFL. We have two games, of course, uh, for the AFC and NFC titles. Winner of each gets to go to the Super Bowl. So let's get into it. Uh, we'll start with the 3 o'clock game on Sunday, the AFC Championship. Ravens, Chiefs in Baltimore. Baltimore, a four-point favorite. This game opened up as a, I believe it was a three-and-a-half-point spread. It's now moved up to four uh, toward in favor of the Ravens. Um, look, this year has been an incredible year for the Ravens. I mean, very dominant at home. Um and we saw that last week on display with that nice win over the Texans. Uh, but last week, Mahomes proved everyone wrong that, yeah, he can play on the road in the playoffs. Um, the Chiefs last weekend looked pretty damn good. Um, you know, offensively, there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of drop passes still that uh, that they should clean up. But they definitely looked a lot better than they have really uh, all season long. On the other side, man, Lamar Jackson, as much as I don't really like him and his play style, he has been phenomenal this year, especially on the ground. Uh, this is going to be a very close game, I feel like. I feel like the Ravens will win. I think the Chiefs will keep it within a score, though, this entire game. it's gonna. I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth. Uh, the Ravens have a really, really good defense. Uh, much better than what the Chiefs have, and the Chiefs have a really good defense as as uh, well. So um, this is going to be one of those games to me that I find exciting because I don't think it's going to be extremely high high scoring like a shootout because, like I said, these defenses are really good. But I could see something in the realm of, of around like a 31-28, uh, 31-27 final here with the, uh, with the Ravens winning. Yeah, for this one... I think I'm going to go with the Ravens. You know that they haven't really had the playoff experience as the Chiefs have had. Uh, but I just I like their team better this year. I thought the Chiefs coming in were definitely weaker. They've definitely proven me at least a little bit wrong where they have actually uh, played some good playoff football. But I think that they... Easily could have lost to Buffalo, and um, you know Baltimore looks super dominant in their win at home with a chance to uh, go to the Super Bowl. I think that the Ravens get it done. But I agree. I think it's going to be super close. I think that spread's pretty accurate. I would say, yeah, like a three to four point game. I think it's going to be pretty close. Yeah, and uh, Mark Andrews is going to be back uh, for the Ravens as well, and that's going to be a huge boost to that offense that's already really, really good, uh, both on the ground with Lamar and obviously Lamar through the air as well. Um, he had an incredible game last week, man. So uh, 
I'd like to see what he can do against this Chiefs defense. Obviously, much better defense than what he faced last week in Houston, or against Houston, I should say. Um, but yeah, man, this is going to be a very, very close game, I think. Um, we know just how great this Ravens defense is. They've always been a really strong defensive uh, team for pretty much ever, man. I mean... I mean, you could think back to, like, the Ray Lewis days, man. I mean, that defense was insane. And and now they have an offense that can really, really complement that um, with a lot of young stars, especially in the receiving core as well, which I think that definitely gives an edge to the Ravens here. Yeah, I think so too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Ravens here. Uh, should be a close game. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, NFC Championship, 6.30 kickoff. Uh, San Francisco hosting the Lions. San Francisco, a seven-point favorite in this game. Uh, that line has not moved since it opened. Um, although I expect when we see the injury report tomorrow, uh, that line to move either in favor of the Niners or in favor of the Lions, depending on the uh, the condition of Debo Samuel. If he's limited uh, or out, I, I think the Lions have a really, really good chance here. But if he's in the game um, and he's not limited, I, I think I think the Niners will win this game. This is going to be a very, very interesting matchup. Um, the Niners have some holes in their defense that I feel like Ben Johnson's going to exploit because the Packers kind of exploited it last week. Um, and then... You know, offensively, they, they just have to take care of, of you know, the ground game for sure. I think the Lions have a really good, you know, front seven enough to stop or not necessarily stop, but uh, slow down Christian McCaffrey, who's been insane this year. Um, the, the question is, is if Debo plays, I, th- I think we're really, really in some trouble because the secondary is going to have to try to cover him and Ayuk and and still try and get some pressure on Purdy because if you don't get p- pressure on Purdy, he's just going to keep making completion after completion after completion. Um, I, I, I'm i going to take the Niners in this one. As much as I love my Lions, I just don't really see a way of of them winning this game unless Debo's out. If Debo's out, that really helps things on, on the defensive side of the game for the Lions. Uh, that said, I don't think that that spread where it sits right now at seven is going to hold. I think the Lions will definitely cover that. I feel like this will be a closer game because, um, like I said, Ben Johnson, he he will find a way to exploit this 49ers defense just like uh, the Packers were able to uh, last week against them. Um, the, the the big question, though, is how can the Lions defense keep, the, keep them their team in the game because – that's going to make all the difference in this game. And like I said, if Debo's in, man, I don't see a way the Lions win this game. If he's out, though, I think the Lions have a very, very good chance. Yeah, in this game, I mean, even if Debo is going to play, he's not going to be 100%. He was limited today, couldn't even practice. So do I think Debo was gonna, is going to play? I actually do think he is going to play. I think he's going to... You know, they're going to do whatever they can to get him out there. But I don't think he's going to be the same Debo Samuel that's going to be, you know, going crazy and off. I think Ayuk is definitely going to be a struggle. You know, 
maybe I'm a little bit too optimistic and you know rolling with the hometown Lions here, but I'm gonna roll with them, man. I think that they can do it. They get pressure on Purdy. You know how he gets when he's under pressure, man. He throws a lot of interceptions. He's done that a lot this year. Uh, just getting to him and giving Goff his time to throw. I think that we can match up uh, well here in this in this game, and I think we we squeak one out, man, and bring bring it home, man. Lions to the Super Bowl go crazy. After the Lions make it to the Super Bowl, I already told you, man. I'm I'm heading back home for that because uh, yes, that's that's gonna be crazy. Uh, that said, uh, Lions. I haven't seen anything official yet, but James Houston looks likely to go this weekend, which would be huge for the uh, the Lions' pass rush attack. Um, you know, he's he's you know that pass rush pass rush specialist. Um, that he's been out, you know, what, since like week two, I think it was, um, when he got injured. If he's activated and he plays in this game, I think the Lions also end up defensively having a really, really uh, much better time having him out there, especially for the obvious passing downs. Um, It's going to be, I think, a closer game than what Vegas suggests. Uh, Debo, I, I mean, yeah, obviously he was very limited, uh, today in practice, I, I think they're just gonna pump him full of fucking drugs in that shoulder, and just try and have him go, man. But uh, if he's if he's limited use in this uh, in in the game, I feel like the Lions will really have an, uh, a much better chance at uh, at just winning this game overall. I'm gonna be rooting for, like hell for the Lions. I just I I find it very hard for me especially with that number where it is right now, to pick the Lions in this game. Um, I'll be rooting like hell for them, though. That's that's for sure. But I, I just don't really see a way um, that defense is going to hold up against this Niners offense, um, even if Debo's very limited in the game. Yeah, I agree. So uh, it's going to be a fun weekend for sure with the uh, with these championship games. Tuesday, we'll obviously go over them. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for the NFL for now till we come back around with some college football news that kind of correlates with the NFL as well. So now I got two things hockey-wise that we got to talk about. Do you want the good story or the bad story, uh, Mike? Uh, let's start with the good story. All right, so the good story, uh, the Utah Jazz ownership group um, has, uh, has has submitted a request to uh, the NHL to open up the expansion process. Um, they, they intend to build a brand new arena that will be shared between, obviously, the team that's in Salt Lake City and the Utah Jazz, of course. Um, there's a... There's, this is obviously a good thing because the NHL will expand eventually, but they're not expanding right now. Because um, Bettman has gone out and said, like, yeah, well, you know, he, he he didn't shut the door completely on expansion, but he said we're just not expanding right now. It's not a it's not a definite no, we're not expanding, but he has said that we're not expanding right now. In the future, potentially, I think the biggest thing that the NHL is waiting on right now 
is what's going to happen with the Arizona Coyotes. And I feel like we're going to know something right around uh, the All-Star break, which uh, which is coming up very soon. We're going to hear something about uh, their new arena. If they don't have any plans set in stone by then, um, they're going to have to relocate and they're going to have to find a place fast. I feel like Salt Lake City would be obviously the best landing spot just due to the fact that they already have a building technically that they uh, that they could use, which was used for the 2002 Winter Olympics. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of this will hinge on what happens with Arizona. But Arizona has has a couple at least ideas about where potentially they could um, build an arena in uh, Arizona. I know they're looking at a, a piece of property out in Mesa. Um that could be used or a place that like they would ideally like to be uh, in downtown Phoenix, but um, finding any land there is really, really tough for them. Uh, but they found also a piece of land in like the, I think it was the Northeast or Northwest uh, part of Phoenix. Um, so not too far from downtown, but um, we'll, we'll see what, what happens with that. Um, because, I, I feel like the NHL is going to expand, but it's probably not going to be for another six years from now. Um, but I feel like Salt Lake City would be part of that. But if Arizona doesn't actually find something, they're going to have to relocate them uh, because, you know, the NHL wants to start making a schedule for next year. And they like to do that very early. So, you know, there's some pressure on the Coyotes to actually find somewhere. Um in the uh, in the Arizona Phoenix area, um, because again, they gotta have a building really soon. Otherwise, uh, the, the NHL has to relocate them. Um, but that said, uh, back to the Jazz owner group wanting a team. I, I, it's it's kind of interesting because you know uh, the NHL before. Uh, I forget the the owner's name, but uh, he was trying to bring a team to the uh, to the Hamilton, uh, Ontario area for a very long time, and they just never gave him a team because he was just always pushing uh, the NHL's buttons to expand. And then uh, when they did, they expanded to different markets, and he was just like, I'll just buy the team and relocate it to, to Hamilton. And they were like, no. And uh, he did this multiple times. But I, I feel like if, you know the uh the board of governors would approve it just because you wave a bag of money in their face they're going to you know definitely say yes to another expansion team because uh it means more money for for the league which means more money for them um but you you'd have to get approval from them of course to expand and to even just open up the expansion process um but I don't I don't think the NHL's ready to expand yet. But if he keeps pushing the buttons, they might start turning away from uh, from him just because, you know, th- these people, you know, don't want to be bothered with the uh, with the you know a, a guy saying, "Hey, I want a team. Let's let's get let's get this going." But um, it, it's it's exciting news, of course, um, because uh, obviously there's a ton of interest to grow the sport. 
Um, there's a lot of cities that really want a team right now. Uh, Houston's waiting in the corner as well. They really want a team, but they're kind of just waiting for that pro for that uh, application process to open up, and who knows how long that's going to take until they do. But uh, yeah, Mike, what are what are your thoughts on this? On like you know just NHL expansion in general, and then also uh, with the Arizona you know, factor rolling in here. Yeah, so I mean, I um, I'm all for expansion, man. But like you said, it's going to be tough to find, you know, places to go. And, you know, Arizona situation with the stadium. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see because I feel like NHL has definitely been the most open and the, the biggest league so far for expansion because they've had the two recent expansion teams. Um I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm all for expansion here and don't know how far they could stretch it out because, I mean, I feel like they've done a pretty good job at giving Vegas and Seattle uh, at least somewhat competitive teams. I mean, Vegas just won the Cup, so uh, they definitely have done a good job at doing that for them and making them competitive, so I'm all for it. And the other thing, too, is uh, the expansion fees are going to be somewhere right around a billion dollars because Vegas was $500 million to buy themselves in. Seattle was a, was $650 million to buy in. And the, and the league keeps growing in revenue every year, and it's been very, very high this year. I mean, they're, they're expected to, uh, to make another huge step forward in terms of, uh, of revenue uh, in the league. Uh, so they're looking at about a billion dollars for an expansion fee. And if they open up, you know, in a few years, the expansion process, I feel like we're going to get at least four teams, one for each division at this point. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting, and they're probably going to go for well over a billion dollars each just for entrance fees alone, uh, or expansion fees, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I know, like I said, the Jazz owner really, really wants a team. Um, and he, he's he's been talking with the NHL for years now about having a team. And uh, now they're kind of really pushing the NHL to open up the expansion process. So I think the NHL is really just going to wait and see what happens with Arizona first before they even try to open up the expansion process. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be that. All right, so now for the uh, not-so-good news. Um, so uh, five players from the uh, 2018 World Juniors uh, team in, for uh, Team Canada um, have been uh, have been requested to, uh, to surrender to the London, Ontario police uh, to face sexual assault charges. Um, we don't technically have any official... Uh, names for these players, but uh, we do. So, uh, Dylan Dubé from Calgary, Carter Hart from Philadelphia, um, Cal Foot and uh, uh, Michael McLeod, and um, from both from New Jersey, and then also um, Alex from Menton, who is who has his NHL rights uh, in Ottawa. Uh, he's been playing in uh, the Swiss League this year. Um, 
they they've all requested leave of absence, uh, indefinite leave of absence from their respective teams. Um, so we ex- assume that these are those five players um, who have been uh, you know requested to surrender to the police. So uh, basically, what had happened is um, in 2018. Uh, apparently, eight players from this Team Canada team sexually assaulted some woman uh, at a at a gala event, and uh, in 2019, uh, the case was closed by uh, by uh, Hockey Canada. Uh, they reached a, a 3.2 million dollar settlement with uh, with this woman. Um, in 2022, the London police reopened the case uh, against some of these players and have now uh, obviously requested them to surrender to the London police to face charges. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate that this is happening. I mean, obviously it's unfortunate what happened back in 2018, of course. Um, but it, it you, you kind of feel bad for these players because they thought maybe you know this is all behind them now, um, but this has exposed also a, a couple some problems in Hockey Canada uh, that at least the old uh, board on that uh, for Hockey Canada before they all resigned or you know just left the organization. Um, it kind of exposed a lot of you know bad things that uh, that they were doing. Like for example, they had a uh, a slush fund. Uh, to help to help you know bury uh, situations like this uh, with players and and sexual assault, um, it kind of exposed that they're they're using member dues for kind of a slush fund for that uh, to, for reaching settlements so their players don't have to go to jail etc. Um, not very uh, you know a good thing for for Hockey Canada there, but uh, um, but now. Uh, Hockey Canada is ran by a completely new group of people, um, so that'll kind of help. Uh, also, like the NHL back then um, didn't have a lot of programs for things like this uh, to help try and prevent things like this from happening, and now the NHL does. But uh, the London Police reopened this case. Uh, it wasn't the uh, um, it wasn't the woman who was allegedly sexually assaulted by these players or her lawyers that reopened this case. This was the London Police Department that actually reopened the case, and now they are about to charge these uh, these players. We don't know if this is just going to be in front of a judge or if there's going to be an actual jury on this case. Uh, that said, the London Police have has stated that they're not going to release any official statement on anything until February the 5th. Um, that is conveniently uh, the day the NHL comes back from the All Star break, um, so it's gonna so around that All Star break is gonna be very interesting because obviously we'll more than likely find out what's happening with Arizona during All Star weekend, and then you know we'll probably and then right immediately after that we're gonna hear everything that's happening with these players. But Mike, uh, just want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, and what's been going on. I don't know what you truly know about any of this, but uh, just 
yeah, some general thoughts from you. Yeah, so crazy to see, you know, more people getting caught up in scandals, man. So, yeah, I mean, this was such a long time ago, too. Like, what was it, like five, six years ago now? Yeah, it'd be uh, World Juniors is like end of December to, you know, early January. So, yeah, it happened sometime around them, around then, about six years ago now. Yeah. Just crazy to see, man. I don't know if uh, anyone's going to get charged or what's going to happen yet. But, yeah, just another crazy case, man, in the the world of sports here. You don't usually see this in hockey. Usually hockey, I feel like, doesn't have the drama like this. This is usually something that would be like a NBA or NFL story. Um, But, yeah, uh, we'll see how all these players are are going to deal with this man, whether they're going to be um, suspended, whether they're going to be fined, charged, what's going to happen. Yeah, I, th- I think worst case scenario, all these players are going to get released um, and then also uh, released from their NHL uh, contracts and probably suspended from the league. Uh, I mean, we don't know. They could be potentially facing prison sentences for all we know. Uh, the problem is, is what more can, you know, the London police really prove about it? I mean, like I said, it's been six years, so what do they really know? I, that's, uh, I feel like Hockey Canada and the NHL are both going to give the London police more information about their own, because they all, because both those organizations both had, you know, their own investiga- investigations into what had happened um, then. So obviously they're going to work with the London police uh, at least give them everything that they have from their own investigations um, to help, you know, facilitate everything. Um, it it's it kind of sucks too because all these players, except for I believe Alex from Menton, um, they're they're all on contract years. Every single one of them are are conveniently on contract years this year. Um, all looking to get extensions and paid a lot more. Um, so whether that means they're going to, if they face jail time, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, if they just get, if they just have to pay another settlement, it is what it is there. They have money. They can handle that. Right. Um, but it's, it's really going to be, if they don't face jail time, then what's the league going to do? Cause the league is going to take action against them. That is absolutely for sure. And the teams might even take action against them as well. So it's gonna it's a developing story. Uh, when we get more details on it, which is gonna be you know ten days from now, um, we'll we'll talk more about it. But uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap that up. Uh, kind of sucks what's going on there. And you know both both these things dropped yesterday. Um, you had you had, you had this case you know dropping. And then about two hours later, the NHL announced that the, the Jazz ownership uh, is requested for um, for expansion. So it's kind of like you know people were saying, "Oh, the NHL's just trying to cover it up." It's I just think it was poor timing. I, I that that's it. I don't think the NHL really knew that this was coming. Um, and you know when the Jazz ownership group went public with it first, anyways. So, again, it was kind of just 
poor timing on everything. I don't think the NHL is actually trying to cover anything up with it. Uh, so moving on from that, uh, Mike, I know we had a uh, coaching firing or hiring uh, in the NBA, so let's talk about it. Yeah, so um, for this, I'm going to go over the Adrian Griffin firing from the Bucks here. They were 30-13, and 13 and people were wondering to know why he was getting fired here. He led them to, you know, second in the East. It seemed like they were doing all right. But they had some problems here, and definitely was the reason he got canned. So they were lacking on defense this year. They were bottom of the league, or at least in the bottom half of the league in defensive rating here. And it's not something usual for the Bucks here with the defensive players that they have. So it just seemed very odd here. And also it said that he lost the locker room, especially after the in-season tournament was kind of a thing. And the star player Giannis, he, he made a whole interview saying that he uh, he had no hate or knew, no uh, – ill will against Adrian Griffin, but I think everyone kind of knows that he's the reason, or at least one of the reasons why he was kind of forced out. The team started dancing and freaking celebrating uh, yesterday in their game with him, not as the coach. So that was kind of a uh, rub the wrong way that they kind of talked about today. Um, so yeah, just he got fired after, leading a team to 30-13 and 13 record. And then the Wizards fired their coach, Wes Unsell Jr. I think that's pretty justifiable. They've been pretty horrible. I don't think he's a bad coach, though. I actually really haven't heard much on him. But I think that they'll they'll find someone new. And, yeah, just crazy to see the Bucks having to fire their coach after the crazy year that he's had. And then they bring in freaking Doc Rivers, bro. They bring in Doc Rivers, the notorious playoff choker, who they've already made memes already saying the Bucks are going to lose in the second round because they brought in Doc Rivers. So, man, I don't know what they're doing, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, you, you said they were lacking defense, but uh, the problem is uh, nobody in the league plays a defense, so who really cares? They're thirty and thirteen, dude. I mean, shit. Uh, I, I, it, it makes no sense. I know there's, you know, obviously, I don't think the players liked him. I mean, based on everything that happened uh, after his firing, yeah, it, uh, definitely seems like the players didn't like him. But it doesn't really matter. I mean, the excuse that they said that that you know they they lack in defense, and yeah, I mean, statistically they do, but. Uh, so does literally every team, if you really think about it. I mean, nobody plays defense in this league. Um, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of just funny seeing a coach get uh, get canned in the middle of the season when having a winning record. I mean, you'd never see that in any other league. Um, but yeah, uh, Doc Rivers, man. I I I don't know what they're thinking there, man. He is he is infamous for choking in the playoffs but uh you know it is what it is there um yeah man it, it the hire doesn't make sense and i mean the whole situation really realistically doesn't make any sense at all um but uh especially hiring doc rivers man they're they're gonna lose in the playoffs that's for sure 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just can't believe that they picked Doc Rivers at all. Like, and I remember someone said, I think it was actually Kendrick Perkins was like, "This is Doc Rivers' last chance. Like, if he doesn't, if he does some fucking bullshit and he doesn't get to the NBA Finals with this group, then he's never gonna have a job again, man." Yeah, I, 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 I see that. There's, I don't see a way he gets another job after this if he doesn't get to the finals with this team that he has. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens, though, man. I mean, it's, they still got half the season left, so um, we'll we'll see how he does as, as head coach. But uh, the playoffs is what really is going to matter here. Um, will he choke or will he uh, actually prevail? Uh, that is yet to be seen. Uh, now we're going to head back to football. It's kind of a cross between uh, college and NFL news dropping yesterday evening. Jim Harbaugh is leaving University of Michigan to coach the LA Chargers. Um, I know you're happy about this hire for the Chargers. You get a legitimate head coach um, on on a team that you really, really like, of course. Um, And with, you know, an elite quarterback and Justin Herbert, uh, I think I think things are looking really good for the Chargers, and uh, but uh, I, I just want your initial thoughts on this. Yeah, so glad they finally got themselves a competent coach, or at least someone who's had some success in the past. So, Brain Staley should have been fired years ago, and I don't think they would have been able to make this hire of Harbaugh um, had they fired Staley uh, two years ago. But they finally were able to get a competent coach here who Herbert can work with. I know that Harbaugh is really big on Herbert. He thinks he's going to be uh, really good. I think that this is going to be great for the Chargers. Do I see them winning a Super Bowl? Nah. Like, I'm not going to go that far, but definitely someone worthy of, you know, Harbaugh's had experience in the NFL before, so it's not like his first time in the NFL, you know. Some college coaches, uh, like let's say Nick Saban, very good in the college, goes to the NFL and doesn't do shit. But Harbaugh has had success in the NFL, so that makes me feel confident. And, you know, he's won before, so he's won in college and went to the Super Bowl in the NFL. So I like that hiring for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a good hire for sure. As a Michigan fan, it kind of sucks, but in my honest opinion, I'm happy he's gone. I, I really am. I mean, he's kind of just been a distraction the last few years. He's not. He clearly hasn't cared about recruiting over the last three years. I mean, a team wins the Natty, and they're almost guaranteed a top-five recruiting class, and they have the 19th-ranked recruiting class right now, and I'm sure a lot of those recruits are leaving now because Harbaugh's leaving. Um... I, I here here's a question for you. What uh, and I want I want your your honest opinion here. Um, is, is Harbaugh leaving Michigan in a worse state than when he came to Michigan? Mm. I don't know, man. Because like you said, the recruiting class is 19th, and I think a lot, a lot of the reason too is the whole cheating scandal. I think just that alone probably drove recruits away before even Harbaugh even left. But now that he's gone now too, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's in the worst state. 
because you know they were pretty damn bad over those years with the uh, with Buddy Choke there. So and uh, Michigan football had some rough years, but I don't see them being uh, being as good as they were last year for sure. They definitely are going to start taking a step back, but as long as they can still compete that's all i'm hoping for all, all i'm hoping for is is i hope we hire sharon moore as our head coach have some sort of continuity uh he's a really good head coach i mean we saw him in in the four games he was head coach for uh this year when uh harbaugh was suspended was suspended both times um and he's been calling the offensive plays for the last two years anyways so it's not like he doesn't have any, you know, experience with play calling. Um, he's a great play caller. Uh, that said, I think Jim Harbaugh is leaving Michigan in a worse state than when he got here, and, and I'll tell you why. I don't. One, he when when he came to Michigan, he had a roster full of NFL talent. Uh, if there's one thing Brady Hoke was good at, it was recruiting. Um, he was a hell of a recruiter. I mean, Har- Harbaugh inherited a roster with like 19 NFL starters in it, uh, or on it, um, current NFL starters on it. Um, that said, look, uh, when he got here, Michigan's clean image was still intact. That's completely gone, considering, you know, all the cheating scandal and recruitment violation scandal. Um, the recruiting class, like I mentioned, lower than when than when he first got here because the recruiting class that Brady Hoke had coming in was ranked, I believe, somewhere in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. And plus, on top of that, a lot more NFL talent on the roster. There's not a whole lot of NFL talent on this roster. Uh, a lot of guys are now leaving uh, to entering the portal for Michigan as well, so that is not a good thing for them. Um, so yeah, I, I think honestly, he's leaving us in a worse state than when he got here. Um, but, uh, so my thing is, is I really hope they, they hire Sharon more. If not, um, I heard Brian Kelly's name in the mix. I don't think he's going to leave LSU. I really don't. Um, the smart move would be obviously hire Sharon more. Um, I just don't think that's realistic. Um, or not, not realistic. I just don't think it's realistic for them to hire anyone else. I know Brian Kelly's been wanting the Michigan job forever, but I, I, why would he leave LSU? It's such an easier school to recruit to, um, than Michigan because it's in the South. Everyone wants to play in warm weather, right? So yeah. Um, I've heard PJ Flex name thrown around. I don't want him at all. I mean, I don't think that'd be a good fit at all uh, for Michigan. He can't recruit. Uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a weirdo. Um, and, uh, you know, he had a losing record this year. I, 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 want, I want a coach that can have a winning record, and I don't think P.J. Flex that guy. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Michigan does there, but uh, what do you think coaching situation? What should Michigan do here? Uh, I think Moore is the play here. Uh, I think he did a great job while um, while he was there. And I've heard Brian Kelly, that's the main name I've been hearing thrown around. But like you said, man, I don't know if he leaves LSU. 
Um, that's kind of the only two names I've really heard so far. I know you threw out a couple more names, but I think Moore, man, would be my choice. Yeah, I think Moore, I mean, it's, it's the obvious choice, right? I mean, he clearly did a very good job this year when Harbaugh was suspended as head coach. I mean, what he did in the Penn State game was incredible. A lot of a lot of coaches, especially trying to prove themselves that they can be a head coach, would have, you know, kept their ego up. Because Michigan could not pass the ball against Penn State. Uh, the pass rush was just way too good, uh, and the coverage was way too good um, that we could not pass. And he just decided, you know what, we can run the ball on these guys all day and just ran it the entire second half. I mean, a lot of coaches trying to prove themselves would, would get their ego, would get, you know, into their ego and start trying to to still do what they actually want to do. He put his ego aside and just said, let's just keep running the ball um, and we'll do great things. So, I, think, I mean, that's that's the mark of a really, really good coach. Um, he kind of did something similar in the OSU game. It wasn't to the effect that he did it in the Penn State game. But um, also Harbaugh, um, I forgot to mention this with uh, leaving the team worse off. He's gutting this coaching staff. I mean, he's taking a lot of, you know, uh, guys with him. Obviously, he's taking his son with him, the special teams coordinator for Michigan. Uh, Jesse Minter uh, is pretty much confirmed going to be the defensive coordinator for the Chargers. Um, he, he's a guy who wants to be in the NFL. He, there's just never an opening to be defensive coordinator until now. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's he's going to follow Harbaugh to the uh, the Chargers. I mean, stylistically, his defense is NFL style, so I mean, it would be a great fit and a big boost to the Chargers because they have a lot of defensive talent. So I think that would having Jesse Minter there would help a ton uh, with that. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen for sure. I think Michigan will hire Sharon Moore. Um, I wouldn't be completely surprised if they didn't, uh, but it would all, that would also slightly depend on who they actually did hire if they don't hire him. But uh, if they don't, man, I feel like he's going to get a job somewhere because uh, I, I, I feel like – and it's going to be at a Power 5 program for sure because he is really, really good uh, head coach material. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes of this. Um like I said, though, I think Michigan's in a much worse spot than they are, or than they were when Harbaugh first got here. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see Sharon Moore because he's a really good coach. He knows the program. He can keep a lot of at least the offensive players here because they at least know him, know his scheme, fit his scheme. So I feel like they'd stay. The big problem and the big question now, really, especially since JJ McCarthy. Um, went and uh, has said he's going to declare for the draft. Um, I, I, the big question will be at quarterback now for Michigan. Um, honestly, I don't know if, if anyone on the bench is going to be really worth it. I think we'll probably have to go to the portal until we find a quarterback. Um, but also, Shrill Moore's a really, really good recruiter. Um, so I think that would definitely help having him at the helm and not just as uh, an offensive coordinator. 
But like I said, we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on this story, of course, uh, more so to just do with what Michigan's going to do. Um, but uh, the coaching carousel for the NFL has been wild. Uh, Bill Belichick has not gotten a job yet, so uh, I think he might be a little bit done for, man, because there's less and less jobs each day now, it seems. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mike, anything else you want to you wanna hit on before we get out of here? No, I think that's going to be it for, uh, for this episode, man. Kind of touched base on all sports areas and everything going on. Yeah, that is true. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, uh, Tuesday we will be reviewing all championship weekend stuff. Uh, if anything major comes up, uh, with especially this uh, investigation ongoing in the NHL, we'll talk about it. Um, I don't expect really to hear anything until we hear what the London police say come uh, come February fifth. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna fill in some gaps, uh, next week with some other things that we're just gonna throw ideas at the wall, see what sticks. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, rate, review, subscribe, help us out, let us know what more you want to see, of course. Um, again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys on Tuesday.